welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Okay, then the next thing, if any of you have heard me teach other times, um, you may have either realized or you've heard from me that part of um, my passion is, and what I believe God's gifted me with, is seeing people in their uniqueness, just the way God's designed each and every one of us, you know, just so unique. You know how some people like to know how things work, how um, machines work, or how cars work. I like to see how people work. You know, what makes them tick? What makes them interact? And I'm able to do it most of the time pretty objectively. So it's just, it's not even a judgmental way. It's just a way of seeing and seeing those dynamics of how personalities work and how um, families work. So I really enjoy that type of thing. And it's so... It's helped me so much over the years as well. I believe when you start... um, learning about people and learning about yourself and kind of how God's designed you and made you, uh, a little bit about your personality, it really helps you in an area of being able to uh, function, first of all, with your family, uh, in your marriage, it helps immensely, but it also helps you on your job and it helps you in the body. It helps you function together in church, which is so, so important. So tonight we're going to talk about that, about how the church is made up of many individuals and special parts, but we make up one body. And unity is just such an important thing. And unity is not necessarily agreeing. In fact, I think unity is being able to disagree and function and uh, function as a church and do what we need to do. So let's go ahead and turn to 1 Corinthians 12, 12. And I believe I did this in the NLT, I think. I know I told you. Yep, I did. It just seemed like a lot of the language, and I do encourage you, I think I did most of these in the NLT um, tonight. There's only uh, a few different references, but um, I always encourage people to look them up in the King James as well when you go back and read them, just, just so you're not missing anything within there. But I just, I really liked the way for this teaching tonight, the NLT said it. The human body has many parts. Um, but many parts make up one whole body. So it is. It, so it is with the body of. So is it with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves, and some are free. Basically, we're all from different backgrounds. The one thing I always really love about church is when you think about the people that you've come to know at church before you were involved, maybe in this body or a church. Think about that. There's a lot of people you wouldn't have come across. You know, we come from different cultures, different backgrounds, different socioeconomic levels, different, um, uh, what would you say, different um, educational backgrounds, all those different things. But the neat thing about the body is it brings us all together and it doesn't matter. I love that about the body. That we can, I always think of that. You know, who, how would have you gotten to know a person like that before in your life? You know, you wouldn't have different people. But the body, we come together. And it's really the only place I can think of that you do that. You know, outside in the world, there's people kind of stick to their own more so. Not always. There's some people who veer out. But in the body, it takes all different kinds of people to make it up. I love that. Okay, let's go on. Um, but we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does 
um, that does not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not the eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. He developed us, you know, just where he wants us. And just like we shouldn't say, I want to be a foot or I want to be a hand, you know, looking at the different, I want to be in that position or this position. I think the other thing that we sometimes also shouldn't say is you should be a foot like me or you should be a hand like me. You know, sometimes um, the body, I especially think of this right now. Uh, when we're going through some of the political turmoil we are and social ter turmoil we are, there's different levels and degrees that uh, God has placed his members to be involved in some of those areas. As we go on into some of the giftings, I'll, I'll explain that more, but he's put some people to be right there on the forefront of some of the political scene. You know, he's put other people to maybe be a voice piece to let uh, people know what's going on. And then other people maybe behind the scenes that are interceding and praying. And we have to watch that we don't say, because I'm doing this and this is my conviction, you have to do this. We can get that way. You know, we get insecure and think that everybody needs to do what we're doing. God didn't develop us this, that way. You know, if we're doing that, then we're saying, come be the foot like me. I don't like you being the hand, you know. And we, we just don't need that. That doesn't work. So we have to be secure enough of who we are in Christ that we stay in our part of the body. We, and not to say we don't sometimes need motivated. And I am someone who likes some of that political arena. But I do know that it's easy to go, oh, am I doing enough? And almost be emotion-led sometimes by being revved up on what you hear than spirit-led. We still always have to keep that forefront. You know, our job here is to draw others to Christ. That is first and foremost. After that, we have to know where, we place, where we're placed in the body. You know, am I that voice? Should I run for an office? Should I be a promoter of an office? You know, do I stand up? Do I have a YouTube channel or whatever? You know, whatever the case may be. Um, again, and not judge those people in maybe how they're handling things. Sometimes you have something to get feisty, even as Christians, but that may be what the Lord has them to do in the arena they're in. Again, we can't say, you need to be the foot or the, you know, the little toe. There's many behind the scenes. There's up front workers. And we just have to realize that, that it's important that all of us take our place in the body. Uh, let's go on to verse 19. How strange a body would it be if, if it only had one part? If we were all the same, you know, I always say it takes all kinds to make the world go around. It takes all the different temperaments and personalities and giftings and callings to make the, the world go around. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Again, we think of those internal organs, you know, some of those behind the scenes people are some of them that are most necessary. We just in our own mind, because of the world we live in, and I think sometimes because of the country we live in, we, if the person that's seen sometimes is the one we think is the most important. But that's not true. That's not true at all. What's most important is that we're doing our job and doing what God's designed us to do. He's designed us all so unique. And it won't even look like someone, you know, who does maybe the same thing. Every pastor looks a little bit different. Every children's worker looks a little bit different, you know. All the different uh, dynamics and giftings and callings are all so different and so precious, so unique. 
All right, let's go ahead now and go to Ephesians 4.11. And again, this is going to be in the NLT. So I don't know, probably most of you don't have the NLT, so it's a good thing we have it up there. Again, I just really liked the straightforwardness and easy wording of this. I'll go ahead and take a drink while he's getting that. It's not behind me, is it? Ephesians 4.11. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Let's wait just a minute there. Um, again, and it is so important for us to come into unity. And, you know, why is that? And it's part of what we're being equipped for to be able to become unified let's go ahead and go on to 14 now and this is why then we will no longer be immature like children we'll no longer be fighting and throwing fits <laughs> we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of, of new teaching there's just something so stable in being able to stick with a teaching and really hit the oil you know if that's one thing that I've really appreciated that I got early early on like I said I've been at this church since the beginning I've been here 36 years or something like that and early on I got some of these teaching that I believe have created a stability for me and a stability for my family and stability for people who are drawn sometimes to my family not in my doing by the grace of God but there's just something stable about being able to come together in a body and unify uh, we will not be influenced uh, when people try to trick us with lies so clever, they sound like the truth. This is another thing. Man, for the time that we live in, I mean, deception at an all-time high. There is safety in unifying with the body. It, it tells it right there. You know, we won't be so influenced when people try to trick us. You know, it's, if we don't know the word, um, it's, it's just... It, we're, we could so easily be deceived right now. We're seeing it all the time. You know, we see that even in churches, people who, you know, one time believed certain ways are no longer believing that. And it's not that we, again, we agree on every little jot and tittle. We don't. But for when the word says certain things, you know, when it tells us that sexual immorality is wrong, when it tells us, you know, that envying and strife, you know, bring in every evil work, confusion in every evil work, when it tells us those things, and yet the church would kind of say, oh, but that's from the past, that's not for now, you know, that's just, we can't, we can't be deceived, we cannot be deceived, and that is part of why unity is so, so important right now. Again, we aren't going to agree on every jot and tittle, every little thing, but we have the word to agree on. And being a unified body will help us always be able to go to that word. It's something we can go to. It's a standard. You know, right now in the world, there is no standard. There are no absolutes. When you get rid of the absolutes, what do you, you know, how do you have any order? Um, let me see, that goes on to say, okay, let's go on to 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Again, I love that too, because when you get that image of us 
fitting together, functioning together, just like the body does. I move my arm up and my hand is affected. My whole side of my body is affected. Um, you know, if I breathe in, breathe out, all parts of my, so many parts of my body are affected. So we're fitly joined together. It's not like the world. I'm sure all of you see this and probably cringe as I do when you see that little coexist, you know, bumper sticker. That's not even a realistic thing. When I see that, I see everybody just doing their own thing. Maybe sitting by each other, but doing their own thing, living next door, but live and let live. That is not a biblical concept. You know, no, now neither, what is a biblical concept is judge and be not, you know, don't judge lest you be judged. But that's not the same as live and let live. I think sometimes that's what they're trying to get across. You know, live and not live, live and let live. You're judging people if you're saying they're doing wrong. I heard one day a pastor say, um, I don't even know what pastor it was. I just heard a short quip and it stuck with me. But, and I might've shared this even last time. I don't remember if I shared this with multiple different people or in my prayer group, but you can hear it again if not. Uh, but this pastor was talking about judgment and when, when it becomes that you're judging a person. And basically he said, of course we're supposed to judge uh, an action. You know, there's actions that are wrong. If we didn't judge that, we wouldn't have a standard to live by. We can judge and say that is wrong. That's sin. That's wrong. But where we get into judgment is when we're judging a person that's maybe involved in that. We don't know their background. We don't know why they're doing it. So we really can't judge why they're doing it. We can say it's wrong, but we have to have compassion for that person, pray for that person, not compromise, you know, not say, oh yeah, do, do this at my house or come, you know, come be this way anywhere. But we just still have to have that compassion. We can't be like that person, they're disgusting. You know, we can't really have that attitude. That action is disgusting, you know. And so I think that's a good level for saying that or for um, a good uh, standard to hold ourselves to, that we we can judge an action but not a person and again we don't it's unrealistic to coexist that <laughs> just doesn't work we're fitly joined together we're like a fine oiled machine that functions when we're walking in unity each part as each part does its own special work it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love so important what part we play what I do causes you to help to be able to be more active and more um, productive in the body. What you do helps me. We're all working together. It helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy, growing and full of love. We need that healthy body now more than ever, that healthy functioning body. You know, and it's not that um, what we do does affect each other as the body. Now, individually, yes, we can stand and believe for things even sometimes when the body isn't, you know, doing everything perfect that I don't want to give that concept you know well if everybody's not doing it forget that you know regardless of what happens in this world in this time you have to go to me and my household you know will serve the Lord we're saved we'll be protected we'll be taken care of but how much more powerful when we all can function together because then we're more of an outreach to everybody else you know we're not just about me my four no more we're about we're reaching them you know, yeah, we have those rights. We have that authority. We can take care of our own, but that's not what we're here for. We're here to function as a body, so we're drawing everybody else in and bringing them in on that protection and bringing them in on the healing and provision, showing them God's best, showing them ultimately his love. I mean, isn't that what it is? So what I want to go into next, um, how we function together in the body, and this goes back to what I said at the beginning. I just 
really, really enjoy seeing how people work and how people tick. So I'm going to go over what is sometimes referred to as motivational or redemptive gifts. And I'm not going to, it's actually a really in-depth teaching that I really, I usually have done, I've done lots of different personality teachings, some of you have maybe heard. Really the redemptive or motivational gifts is where that comes from. And I may have an opportunity to actually teach that at some point. I'd really like that. But that's almost a seminar type thing. You know, that's a, that's a longer teaching than what we have tonight. The reason I'm bringing it up tonight is because I want to encourage you and show you that, you know, these gifts are so important and we all have them. Jesus walked in all of them. There's seven of them. And they're going to be in Romans 12, starting in four, Romans 12, four. And this one's actually out of the Passion, I believe, Passion Translation. Yep. Look at how good you are, Xander. Um, In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we are all vitally joined. And I love that. Vitally. It's vital that we join together. Vitally joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. Uh, The wording of this is just, (laughs) this is my passion. Um, So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, I'll go through them first real quick and then I'll divide them out. God has given you the grace gift of prophecy. You must activate your gift by using the proportion of your faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive to serve others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then you may you may um, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, which is also a mercy gift, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. So now we'll kind of go down and and break them down one by one. And I'll start with gift of prophecy. Um, uh, Oftentimes the gift of, of prophecy is referred to as the eyes of the body. And it really makes sense because they're very intuitive. And before I start that, like I said, Jesus uh, flowed in all these, the strengths in all these. Each one of these giftings kind of plays into how a person's made up and personalities. People usually inhabit a few things from all, or, you know, a couple traits from all of them, but then they uh, usually have more traits from at least two or three of them, you know. Again, there's mixtures of all different parts, so that's what makes us so unique. But this might give you a little bit of a, maybe thinking, you know, I wonder, I wonder what areas I could be. Or just see that you're different and it's okay. It's okay that we're different. Um, anyway, prophecy is often referred to as the eyes of the body. Uh, they're intuitive. Um, they see, seem to see the will of God. Um, very verbal. And again, you may have some of these traits, but not all of them, you know. Um, Very verbal, frank, and honest. Sometimes blunt. Sometimes hard to take. But you could tell we really needed these, especially during this time. Again, when things had gotten kind of wishy-washy in churches and people um, didn't want to approach those areas of sin and call sin sin, we needed some of these prophet voices that basically said, 
you know, this is wrong. It's right here in the Bible. This is wrong. And be willing to take uh, the persecution. Very black and white personalities. Sometimes people don't know how to take them, but they are so needed. So needed. Uh, the next one is the gift of serving. Uh, serving is just like it says. It's people who love to serve. They're happy to be behind the scenes and serve. They see the need and are quick to serve. Uh, the one thing a server will have to watch is basically what Martha had to watch. <laughs> why isn't everybody else doing that? You know, it goes back to the, why aren't you a foot like me? Everybody should serve like me. Well, if everybody was serving, you wouldn't have the people prophesying. You wouldn't have the people teaching, you know, and they have such a heart to do it. Um, it's such a, a special gift. Uh, most of the time, again, they don't need a lot of recognition, but if they give in to some of their weaknesses, they, they can give in to martyrdom, kind of. So again, I'm probably not going to go over a lot of the weaknesses because there's just a lot to go over. But a gift of serving, it's a wonderful, wonderful gift. Some people are just anointed and gifted to do it. They flow in it, and we need it as a body. Uh, gift of teaching. Enjo uh, gift Teachers enjoy researching and finding truth. They're all about truth. Logical, intellectual, factual. Um, often very detail-oriented. You know, they want to go into all the meaning and then the roots of all the words. And it's, again, such a needed thing. Uh, I, I've learned to really appreciate this, and I have a little bit of that in me. It was so interesting. Uh, years and years ago, I took a motivational. The first, actually, time I heard a personality-type teaching, it was on the motivational gifts. And it was when we were in our first building. So it would have been 30-some years ago. And... Um, I took a, a test, and so I think I took it one time, probably in the 80s, and then I must have taken it again when Greg and I were married, and it's so funny to see because it, I don't, you don't so much change, you know, if you're honest about your personality or you're not hiding behind a mask or trying to be somebody else, you don't so much change in your personality, but you grow in some of the other areas because you're becoming more Christ-like, you know, hopefully. If you've been a believer a long time, you're becoming more Christ-like. So it was interesting. I went ahead and whited out all mine yesterday, last night. I go, I just need to see this and took it again. And still my biggest one was exhortation. And... Um, I did have some teaching and then some prophet, which I was kind of surprised. But anyway, it's just interesting to see that I was growing in some, growing in the gift of giving, growing in some of those others. My last one is mercy. So, but anyway, it's just not my you know thing. But any, but it's just such a neat thing to see. Uh, oftentimes, uh, teachers are not moved by emotions, but moved by facts. So that's another. Uh, characteristic of a teacher gift of exhortation or encouragement and again that's my main gifting ability to encourage and inspire people good communicators easy to be around very positive uh, sometimes if it's a weakness they can be uh, too much people oriented to have to take out time to spend time with the lord they always want a person around you know uh, exhorters sometimes can sometimes be sensitive or get their feelings hurt they could be up and down but most of the time uh, exhorters are there to do exactly what it says, exhort the body to make you feel like you can do it. Sometimes what I have to watch also as an exhorter too is that you do have to bring out that strongness sometimes depending on, you know, one person will be um, led to the Lord or 
get a revelation by you encouraging them. Another one, you have to be very prophet-like and tell them how it is, black and white. You know, you are going down a wrong road and you will go to hell if you don't stop. <laughs> you know, some have to be that way. So I do have to watch that as an exhorter. I want to encourage everybody to do right, you know, not just, and, and most of the time I think that is what works because it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. But there are those times where it seems like people really need the hard, cold truth to turn. So that's a characteristic of exhortation or an encourager. The other one is gift of giving. Uh, those who excel in giving, they usually also have the ability to make money. They're good financiers. They see it. They just see it clear, you know, what type of decisions you should make um, concerning finances. Those people are greatly needed in the body. I have a brother who's really good at this. Just a good businessman, sees what needs to be done, and is able to excel in this. I saw a thing the other night. I don't know if um, any of you have seen this, but I saw on Lance Wall now where um, he was interviewing. I don't know what the guy's last name is. I never know how to say it. His first name's Nick, and he's the evangelist that doesn't have arms or legs. Most of you probably have seen or know who I'm talking about, but very, very bold, very excitable, very good attitude, all those things. Well, one of the things he was showing is how he wants to start up a bank. Um, I think it was called Pro-Life Bank or something. But anyway, because of the state that the church is in, in some areas when they stand for something, they're being discriminated against as far as getting loans and things like that. And I thought, oh, wow. But one of the things he was encouraging, he said, he, he said I know there's two people out there the Lord showed me who um, need the courage to step up and invest in this that have $40 million each. And, you know, you think, oh, my gosh. But you know what? People who are anointed and gifted in this, he's right. They're probably, you know, I mean, he says that's what the Lord's put on his heart. I believe that can very much be the, the case. So we really need to pray. That's part of what, why I'm going over this, because I want us to pray for the body tonight. These giftings need to be come forth, you know. They, people need to, to uh, learn what they're gifted in and really go for it in those areas, I, myself included. I think sometimes I've kind of went, oh, I don't know. I kind of like to do this sometimes, kind of like to do this sometimes. And I believe the Lord's bringing us to a place so that we can function at our highest and really uh, help the church to flow like it should during this time. I mean, we have to be ready for a huge harvest. I know pastors said it many times that uh, the Lord will give you as many people as you can love. You know, if we want that harvest, we also want to be the body that can take them in and right away put them in different spots that they need to be, you know, have those administrators, which is the, the next uh, gift is leadership, ruler, or administrator. Those people who can see who would be good at, at what, they're able to oversee projects, over, oversee, there are a lot of times um, business people as well, business owners, they see what needs to be done and they're able to um, help people go in that place, be put in that place. You know, I even encourage uh, leaders in the church of different departments, uh, go when you, you know, try to really draw on that. You've been given that leadership position, so they need to seek the Lord and be open to people that they need to go ask. Sometimes there are people who just aren't so sure that they, you know, they, they think, oh, no, I, well, I maybe would want to do that. Oh, I couldn't do that, you know. But you ask them, and they're like, really? You think I could do that? And you're like, yeah, <laughs> I think you could do this. It just does so much, and it plugs somebody in. I've made more friendships in working in the church than I ever made in the world. You know, close friendships that you work side by side. We come here for the services and we get equipped and we're high, bye, we talk a little bit, but not like you do when you work in a, 
uh, one of the areas of the church, when you work side by side, or when you get involved in um, one of the um, connection groups. You know, that's really important that we do that. That's part of, again, unifying, and it's part of building the body. And the last gift is gift of mercy. Uh, mercy or compassion. These are sensitive, emotional, drawn to hurting people. Goes for the under underdog. Often these are your interceders. Such a powerful gift too. Um, to be able to lay down their life and truly intercede. One of the things that uh, I think this time what I saw when I was reading about uh, the mercy gift. Um, let me see. If you have the gift of showing compassion or mercy, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. I believe the reason the Bible says that, that people sometimes who are mercy motivated, they're able to be really empathetic. They're able to take on, um, actually feel sometimes internally or uh, feel spiritually what people go through, emotionally what people go through when they're interceding for them. Sometimes they even can feel a pain in their body if they're praying for somebody, you know, healing wise. They're just very sensitive that way, which is good. The thing that they sometimes have to watch and why I believe he says cheerful display is because they can be prone to depression. They can be prone to being down. They have to learn how to use that gift and to always stir up in the joy of the Lord, you know, in their regular day of business and not confuse that with the times that they're interceding and taking on that weight, that person. But it's such a powerful gift, that compassion. You know, Jesus was moved with compassion and he healed them all. That's what those mercy motivated people do. And, and again, sometimes that, I, that's my last gift. <laughs> it's, not my, my, it's not my strength. Um, but I seem to be around a lot of those people, especially because I like to pray. I also like to intercede, but it's, you know, maybe not to that level. When I'm interceding, I'm interceding with laughing and, you know, it's just the difference. But we need both. You know, we need both. It's just so, so important. So really what I want to pray about tonight, a big portion of it is just in that, that we become the body that the Lord wants us to be, especially for our, our body right here, Faith Heights Church. Um, sometimes I'm led to, to pray beyond that, but I, I just see so much, so much potential. And um, I can exhort and encourage, but we also have to do the other side. We need to pray for people. So many people, again, just have been hurt through life and hurt through rejection and hurt through disappointment that they don't even know that they have those giftings and callings within them. They don't think that they're worthy to work in the church. They don't think that they're worthy to do the work of God or go beyond that, even have a ministry of their own. You know, we're all ministers of the gospel. Some are, some are full-time and some are uh, paid and that's their whole thing. And others will be ministers on their job or ministers at home or ministers to their family. But we all have a, a ministry to a degree. So we'll pray some about that. And then, of course, we're super excited, and this plays into it, as we're the body, and uh, Pastor and Miss Carla get ready to come home and come home with Isaac, you know, we'll pray about that, too, because as the body, we surround our leaders and help them. And there'll be some help that they need. You know, a lot of it's going to be in praying, but some of it will be in physical, natural things. So we want to pray for that, too. And then we'll just see as we go along. Um, We'll go ahead and start and praise the Lord. Go ahead and do whatever you want to do. You can stay seated, walk around, lay down. I don't care. Whatever you feel comfortable doing. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org 
and click on the Donate tab. 